Happy Sunday, happy Sunday. It's been quite the week, you guys. I, I can't even get into it, but I am still standing. I hope you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving. You had all the fun and food and laughter and thankfulness that you could possibly have. Uh, shout out to the live chat. Um, shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Uh, I want to share something with you guys real quick because it's like crazy to me. So, um, I know that for a lot of people, it's like Black Friday and Cyber Monday. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm just telling you because it's a crazy, amazing product. Um, I don't have a stitch of makeup on. Like, not a stitch. I have some lip balm on. And those of you guys that know me know that I have micro blading on my eyebrows. But besides that, there's there's no makeup. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, girl. Hey. Um, I'm recovering from being under the weather too, Rebecca. That's why we didn't have a news and gossip this week because I've been not doing very well. Anyways, I want to talk to you guys about the lip doctor and she has a vibrant vitamin C glow moisturizer and a vibrant C glow boost serum. And when I tell you guys, like, look at my face, you guys. I literally just came out of the shower, popped this on, and like the glow is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So you guys need to check it out because it's very rare that I, I'm like, I endorse this, but I absolutely endorse it. Dr. Nicole Bell, and you can catch her at the T-H-E-E Lip Doctor, and I'll put it, I'll put a link in my bio after the show. Um, but you can find her on Instagram at the T-H-E-E Lip Doctor. Um, and she's out of Brooklyn and she's out of Long Island and this shit is wild, you guys. Like, I'm just like, look at, look. <laughs> Anywho, the lip doctor. All right, that being said, uh, I'm finally all caught up on The Single Life, and I don't know if it's because Happily Ever After is so toxic this season that everyone in The Single Life seems like normal. I don't know, but I, I shed a tear here, a tear there, and I'm gonna talk about that as well. But let's get into season seven, episode 14 of Happily Ever After, Stand By Me. Um, and go ahead, you guys, don't forget to like and subscribe and support the show. I'll keep that banner up for a little bit longer. Uh, but we're going to jump into Submit and Jenny. So these two. Okay, it's hard to, to forget that they've been together for like 11 years. Oh, hi, domestic gordita. She's new. Everyone, welcome the domestic gordita. Um, Yeah, so it's hard to think about Jenny and Summit being together for so long and we're still dealing with the same issues year in and year out, year in and year out, year in and year out. I think it's bizarre, personally. 
Um, but yet here we are. So they want to spice up their their life a little bit. So they're going to go to take some Bollywood dance classes. Um, and her daughter, Christine, and her partner, Jen, are joining them. And I got to tell you, Jenny is not that bad. Jenny was not that bad. Hey, Connie girl. Hey, girl. Hey. She's actually pretty good. And I've seen some other videos online. Hey, Vanessa. Hey, girl. Hey. Online where Jenny was doing some Bollywood dancing. And she actually has a little, little bit of rhythm. So I was pretty impressed um, with what she was showing us. And in the meantime, Submit still wants to reach out to his parents, right? Because we're never going to get rid of that storyline where he wants to you know, mend the fences with his family, even though the family, you know, has had 10 years to deal with this and they're just not dealing with it, period. So he wants to meet up with his parents and Christina and Jen are like, I want to go, like, let's all meet together um, and let's make sure that, you know, your family is respectful of my mom and my mom is respectful of your family. And Samit's worried that this is a bad idea. So he wants to think about it. And Jenny's like, well, my daughter's here right now, or my daughters are here right now, and I want their support. So I think that this is a great idea. Thank you so much for the super sticker, Charlotte Bain. I really appreciate you. Thanks, girl. Way to look out. Um, so <clears throat> the thing with Samit being worried is, you guys, he's not worried he just doesn't want the confrontation because he knows that he's not going to stick up for Jenny. He knows he's going to stick up with his parents because he wants the love and adoration of his parents back. And he wants to be able to mend all the issues that they're having. Right. So it's not about really Jenny. It's about him wanting to be with his parents, period. And I would take it further and say that he will choose his parents over Jenny any single day any single day and has and shown us he's shown us time and time again that he's not going to stand up for jenny he's just going to sit there he's not going to um translate what they're saying he's just going to sit there he's going to let them talk crazy and body shame he's just going to sit there so here we are and he's worried that that's going to show right and christina and jen are not going to allow that to happen they're not going to allow jenny to be disrespected so <clears throat> Jenny's like, you can decide whatever you want to decide, but I want my daughter's support. So they're coming. That's, that's her bottom line. And so uh, it's, it's the next day. And you guys, why, why does Jenny's kitchen always look a mess? Why? Why though? Why? It's like a constant situation with her. If you guys remember uh, a few seasons back, her kitchen looked very similar to this. Like she just doesn't like to clean. I I'm convinced on it now. And you know, Samir making fun of her and all that stuff about not uh, cooking and cleaning like a like a a wife should do. I just think that she doesn't like. What are these little? Are those tea used tea bags or coffee bags that you just piled up on the side? What is happening? And what cracked me up the most, you guys, is that when she's complaining to Submit that he cooked and left the dirty kitchen for her, well, normally people, like, if you cook, the partner cleans or 
or you you both cook and you both clean together. Jenny doesn't cook and clearly she doesn't clean. And instead of you guys being like, hey, yeah, I'll I'll <laughs> I'll clean up this mess while you go to work. What does she do? She gets on her computer and she decides that she instead misses the US so much and having her daughters there is showing her how much she misses the US that um instead of cleaning the kitchen, she's going to just jump on her computer and call up a uh, immigration attorney. And she's interested literally in smuggling submit. And yes, I did say smuggling submit into the US without submit's knowledge, because she hasn't had a conversation with submit about moving to the United States. She's making a unilateral decision, knowing that he doesn't actually want to move to the US. And decides that she's going to call an immigration attorney to see what the process is. And we find out, oh, Lord. <laughs> Bigetch got me. Bigetch, you, you missed you missed the beginning of the show. I am not with child. And I, I know I have a glow, but you know what the glow is? <laughs> The glow is <clears throat> from the lip doctor. I was explaining how I've used the serums that they sent me. And so I don't have any makeup on because I literally just got out of the shower and I just used their vibrant vitamin C glow boost moisturizer and their vibrant vitamin C glow serum. And I guess it works because I noticed it right away. I'm glad you noticed it, but no, I'm not with child. But thank you for asking. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, so. Jenny calls up this immigration attorney. She's like, okay. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So, what, how can I get to the US? And he's like, well, the process is going to take up to two years because, you know, there's a backlog and there's some th steps that you're going to have to need to take. And when he asked her if she's a, is she a spinster, divorced or separated, I died of laughter. I died of laughter. I was like, did he just a spinster? Do we still use that word in 2022? Um... And then he asked about the age difference, right? 33 versus 64 uh, and said that that might be an issue, right? They might ask, question why a 64 year old is married to a 33 year old. And then he talked about Summit's parents. Do they, do they live with his parents? How often do the parents visit? And have they ever legally opposed this marriage, which we all know they have, right? So, the immigration attorney is like, well, Summit's going to have to have this police clearance certificate and it has to be clear, meaning that there have been no complaints 
from his parents in order for them to move forward with this immigration process. Listen, y'all, he ain't never coming to the U.S. Not ever. Jenny is going to have to suck it up because this is where they are. And they've been here for years. So I don't even really understand why we're having this conversation over and over and over and over again. Next up, Ed and Liz. And Ed and Liz are with his extended um, Arkansas family. So we're meeting his brother, Tommy, sister, Christine, nieces and nephews, Jordan, Carly, Andrew in London. They're all at this house. And apparently this house is like a castle because apparently um, his family's done really well in real estate out in Arkansas. I can't say that Ed has done as well in real estate, but then maybe that wasn't his thing, right? Because, you know, we've seen where he lives. Hey, Ray Della. Um, we've seen him where he lives, so it's not a castle, but their second engagement party is being held in this castle that's owned by his family. And one of the things that was really, really important to Liz was that Ed doesn't leave her side because she doesn't know anyone of the family. And I was like, well, I think that this is the point where you probably have to like stand on your own two feet and get to know people because these people are going to be your extended family if indeed you do end up marrying Ed, right? So why does Ed have to hold your hand and not leave your side? And then you bitch about being disappointed that as soon as you got there, Ed left your side. You, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, eh, you're grown. Liz, you're grown. These people are going to be your family. So what better time to get to know them than now? Um, and one of the things that they talk about is how Norma's not on board, right? So Norma, his mom, um, and his daughter are still not on board with this relationship. So there's no date set for their wedding until Norma and his daughter come on board. And Liz thinks that if they don't come on board, then Ed will leave her because if the family doesn't accept her, why would Ed? So I'm thinking about this and I'm like, why with Liz is Ed the prize? Like, I just don't ever understand it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't under understand it until someone can explain it to me. I just, I'm trying to figure out why Ed's the prize because I don't, I don't want to, um, well, I do, but I won't. Ed's not the prize in my opinion, and he's problematic. And you guys know why I've said over and over and over again, why I feel like Ed's problematic. And I think that Ed needs to continue to go to therapy because what I've realized in meeting just briefly on TV, his extended family, they're normal people. They are communicative. They are open and welcoming. And then you have Ed, who's a frigging gaslighter and, you know, a predator and all the things that you just were like, how are you, how are you like this when your family is just so normal? Someone needs to explain it to me because I was really shocked. I thought for sure they were going to be problematic too because he's so problematic. But I don't know if I'm the only one that felt that he was not 
they were not. And I was like, how did they come from the same family as we're seeing this fool? But then again, I don't want to say anything super mean, but you all know what I'm get, I'm thinking. <clears throat> right, that part. Rebecca says, are we going to also skip over the part where she had a whole campaign trying to cancel him? That's why it's so awkward around the family. Yeah, that part. She had a whole change.org situation going on. All the things, all the things. And I know a lot of you guys who are my regulars are wondering, like, why, why is Linda going live today on a Sunday? Well, there's a couple of things. I needed to catch up on The Single Life. And because tomorrow is part one of the tell-all, I wanted to be able to do my show and then do the tell-all. And then the second thing is um, I didn't have a show this weekend, so I wanted to catch up and not get too far behind. So that's where we are. So we find out from Tommy that Norma's actually said some nice things about Liz. She doesn't necessarily accept their relationship, but she thinks that Liz is a nice girl. Uh, okay. Okay. I mean, does she though? Does she? <sighs> So then it's their last day in Arkansas. They go four-wheeling. Ed calls it the redneck side of, of the family. Um, and there's like a panty hill. They're going through mud and, and all the things. First of all, four-wheeling is super, super fun. I don't necessarily think that it is um, a quote-unquote redneck situation. Uh, I think anyone can go four-wheeling and I think anyone can find it fun. And so I thought it was interesting that they did all that. And then Liz is like, you know, I'm really feeling accepted and supported by the Arkansas family and they've really welcomed me. Yeah, they have because they're normal and Ed's not normal. And I'm hoping that you're gonna figure that out before the end of the season and go back to the situation where you guys shouldn't be together because really, why should you guys be together? I don't get it. I don't get it. And that's all I have to say about these two. Another super problematic couple, in my opinion, is Libby and Andre, because I think I every time I see Andre on the screen, I just can't understand how we're sitting here watching and listening to him be so controlling and verbally abusive. And did I say controlling? I find it fascinating and it's so interesting to me you guys because I know Libby knows that her husband is out of control she even says it she says that that she thinks that he needs to like tone it down tone it down tone it down which is really just a polite way of saying your husband is out of control and he he treats your family out of control he isolates you and he talks crazy so they're in the car driving back from this meeting and Andre calls her sisters delusional and 
he has his feelings hurt because if you remember, Jen said that, like, what have you been doing? Right. Because he tried to say that he's made 750 and he didn't he didn't say 750,000. You guys, he just said 750. So I'm like, did you make 750 dollars last year? Or are you trying to say you made 750,000 because you weren't very clear about it? And so when Jen said that you haven't been doing anything since you've been here, he took offense to it. And so he's defending himself still to his wife in the car saying he has been doing stuff. Which I find interesting because if he, if Jen hadn't hit a nerve, then he wouldn't have to continue to think that he had to defend himself by saying, well, no, I haven't been just a lazy bum and using Chuck for all of his money um, and building houses with Chuck's money. I've actually been doing stuff on my own. So he's working himself up in the car. Facts. Jaws, little facts. He's afraid of her staying behind if he gets deported because then he can't control her. Facts. So Libby's in the car saying, you know what? You need to not be so harsh. You are making things worse with my family because of how harsh you're being. Um, and she thinks that the divide, which it is, the divide has, and I've been saying this from the get-go, you guys, the divide has been as soon as Andre got here because he's been doing this divide and conquer. And the only person he doesn't fight with anymore is Chuck. But if you go back, he used to fight with Chuck too, just like how he fights with everyone else. But Chuck has the money that he needs to live his life. So of course he's going to take Chuck under his wing. Of course he's going to isolate Chuck and Libby so that all of his attention and focus is only on Andre. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then the other thing that took me over the top was when Andre tried to mansplain this, quote, woman thing over man. So he's trying to explain to Libby how he feels like her two sisters think that women think they're better than men and that they need to listen to a man because he says, quote, I am the voice of reason. So wait, what? What do you, you, the ultimate cusser, the verbal abuser you want to you want to try to put women in their place because you're the voice of reason and because they're women they are not the voice of reason i'm going to need you to stop talking immediately if not sooner andre so he doesn't really want to go to family therapy he thinks family therapy is going to be a circus and not worth it meanwhile libby thinks that andre's on edge and can explode at any time because He's worried about his green card. He's worried about getting deported. He's like, if I go, you go. And so he's on edge about it. But meanwhile, Libby doesn't want to give birth without outside of the U.S. She wants to give birth in the U.S. And so he's like, well, if anything happens, you have to leave with me. And she's like, well, right, Stevie. Can't even watch their scenes because it's all bleeping facts. Um, so he's like, you know what? 
whatever happens, it's you're my wife. These are my kids and my dog. So we would all have to move and you all have to go with, with what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. So they're baby shopping. Um, and he's complaining. She wants to talk about like baby snuggling and all how excited she is to do that again. And he's complaining about uh, baby throw up and worried about his immigration. So again, he makes it about himself instead of having a moment with his wife and their upcoming baby. Like, I just, the problems, it's very problematic, you guys. Very problematic. Very, very controlling and very pro problematic. Now, <clears throat> on to Kimberly and Jamal. And this was quite sad. And um, the timing of it all was interesting to me because uh, you could tell that they had just kept filming from the previous season. Uh, and that's why the timing of it all was, was the same. But it's two to three weeks after she got back from Nigeria and Kimberly's mom passed away, which must have been very difficult. So she's in the mourning process. Um, and, you know, she was her mom's primary caregiver. She lived with her mom for the last eight years. She doesn't feel the same without her mom. She's thankful that she has her son, Jamal. Um, but she just feels like a part of her heart is gone. And anyone that that is close to their mom knows what that feels like or any parent really. Um, and so she is spending time and walking the boardwalk in San Diego uh, with her son, Jamal and Jamal, you know, for his young age is the voice of wisdom in this relationship. Right. So he realizes that his mom doesn't like to be alone, hasn't lived alone because she always lived with, with her mom or she was married to her ex or there was Jamal or whatever. So he realizes that Kimberly doesn't like to, to be alone. Um, and he does give Usman a little bit of leeway say, saying that during this time of grief that Usman was at least a little bit supportive during the loss. And now more than ever, Kimberly says, it's important to her that Usman comes to the U.S. to be with her now that her mom has passed and it's she's by herself. Now, here's the thing. They don't have a plan. So this new plan, this new plan for Usman to adopt his brother Muhammad's son, which is his nephew, Mahdi, and take the three-year-old to the U.S. so that Kimberly can raise him so that he can have a better life in the U.S. I was like, did you just pull that out of your hat? Because that sounds like that's something you've been thinking about for a while. So not only is Kimberly going to have to support you until you get your green card and that can take up to two years, but you then now expect her to sponsor someone else and pay for another mouth to feed while you do what? Do your international superstar stuff? I'm curious. I'm curious how, how this came about. Because just like Jamal said, this does not sound like a good idea. And all the ideas are a lot. Not impressive, not impressive. So while Usman has this situation in his mind, which again, 
I'm trying to figure out where he pulled this out of. Kimberly is, is thinking about joining a gym, losing weight, getting a trainer, quitting smoking, because she's realizing that she has to take better care of herself, not only for herself, but because she has a younger fiance, Usman. And so she's going to be working on herself, which I feel like she should just want to work on herself regardless if she was with Usman or not. Like just focus on you, make you a better person. And if you're a better person, then you're automatically going to attract better things. So <clears throat> Joslo said, Kim's not even asking if this is common in Sokoto. Like he can just say anything and she believes him, that part. So she calls Usman, who has to remind us that he's in the studio, you guys, because, you know, that's what he uses the show for. And again, because he thinks he's the prize, how like Ed thinks he's the prize, talks about how you love me, not, hey, I love you so much, Kimberly. It's, oh, you love me so much and you've been there for me so much. I'm like, this MF, if I have to hear him say, how great he is and how much Kimberly loves him one more time. I just, I can't, I can't. And then he comes up with this cockamamie story about adopting and all of this. I'm just like, you got, first of all, you can't have this second wife. So how are you actually coming over? Are you just marrying Kimberly? And then instead of, of having a second wife, you're now gonna have her adopt your nephew? and raise your nephew while you gallivant back to Nigeria every three months? Like, what does that even look like? <sighs> and then, Jamal and Kimberly are eating at this East African spot and Kimberly wants to tell Jamal that this spot is Usman's tribal food. You guys, like I, I've been under the weather, so I, I, I can't go off like I want to go off, but just look up where Nigeria is and look up where Sokoto is and tell me if it's East Africa. And that's Usman's tribal food. And who even friggin' talks like that? Who talks like that? So what tribe is he from, Kimberly, so if it's his tribal food? So if you're going to say something, then go ahead and say it, but say it properly and, and say it with the facts. What you're not about to do, I guess I am going to go on a, on a rampage a little bit, is say that you're at this random East African spot because you're trying to tell your son that this food specifically is from Usman's tribe, stop it. Just stop it. Just stop it. Do you know where Nigeria is? You've been there how many times? So they're talking about uh, what's next steps for them, whether Kimberly is marrying Usman and she's planning for a wedding or whether or not she's going to now adopt this random baby who's the nephew of, of Usman. I don't know. 
But what she wants is she wants Jamal to go with her, and they're going to go in the next few weeks to Nigeria so that Jamal and Usman can meet up in real life. And she wants to make sure that Jamal really gets along with them because she really needs them to get along. And Jamal sounds like me when he said, oh, so we're going to go visit your Nigerian rapper superstar boyfriend. <laughs> Listen, you can only be an international superstar if you're actually indeed international. That's all I know for a fact. <sighs> I tell you, you guys, I tell you, I tell you. All right. We're going to move on to this person. <clears throat> so I really need someone to explain to me what everything, every piece of clothing that Angela wants to put on is an American USA something, USA shirt, USA shoes, her purse. Like, I don't, I don't get it. So now she has a USA swimsuit on. And what I did think it was adorable about this is, you know, Michael used to be scared of water and um, he took some lessons and now he's showing off his little swimming ability. I thought that was adorable. That's the only thing I thought was adorable of this whole whole scene. Now, <clears throat> Michael keeps saying that he's worried he's going to lose Angela to another man and specifically Billy. And again, I'm just going to leave this right here with you, but I'll tell you this. Absolutely not. Absolutely, absolutely not, Michael. There is no other man that is trying to steal your woman. Have you seen her? Have you, you seen how she treats people? Why would anyone be trying to get with that? Uh, what? 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 You are not in danger, my friend. Trust and believe you are not in danger. You are not in danger of anyone trying to scoop up Angela. If anything, okay, they're trying to give her back. Now, I personally think that, and I know you guys know this, and you know, I don't know how many things I can say about this woman, but I just think she's nasty. And not just the physical part of her, I think the nasty part comes from within and how nasty she treats people and how she thinks that she is, she can run other people and no one can tell her anything about anything because she's never wrong about anything. And she doesn't see how disgusting she treats people and how disgusting she talks. So she's in the pool with Michael telling the audience about being a teenager and being in the pool and with her vibrating you know what? I was like, she just has no class, you guys. Like, how old are you that you're you're talking about teenage Vijayjay in the pool? I just don't get it. I just don't get it. I think you're nasty, and I think your attitude is nasty, and uh, that's what I think. So, 
Michael wants to talk to her about Billy. So she, in order to talk to her, he has to set up a romantic night. So first of all, they're swimming. Then he sets up like champagne and like food or whatever he did um, so that she feels happy. Now, here's the thing that I keep saying to you guys. She is loving the attention that she's getting. Um, and she's saying that this is exactly the attention she needed for Michael to be happy in her marriage. And I continue to tell you guys that if she's not happy from within, which she's not, if she continues to be nasty and sour from within, then there's no amount of romance and attention that someone else can give you if you're not happy with yourself. So as Michael is doing all of this romantic gesture and they're having a moment. So this, and then I think the other one that I picked up was this, where she's sitting, I guess she's sitting on Michael's lap. I don't know. But they're going to drink their champagne. And Michael's going to say, hey, you know, I don't want you to go to Canada. There are other ways you can show support to your friend, uh, Billy, who you're saying, you know, is, has kidney failure. And instead of listening to her husband and having a talk and communicating, she's like, well, no, I think the best thing we should do is call Billy to show show you that we're just friends. So they call, FaceTime, whatever that is that they they did. And he answers and says, hey, Angel. Now I'm going to tell you right now, there is no relationship where your partner is going to listen to someone else call you Angel and not be suspect. They're not. Hey, Angel. Hey, Angel. Hey, Angel. And then when he said, okay, so no, I'll, I'll say that in a minute. So Michael is like, you know, I've seen the duets you do with my wife. And do you know that my wife had a crush on you? And do you have a crush on my wife? And instead of allowing that to be a conversation, because those are valid questions, what does Angela do? She tells Michael to shut the hell up because Angela's back to being Angela again. And uh, Billy hesitates, but then says no, right? And then here's the thing that was crazy to me. Instead of saying, no, we're just friends and we did a few you know, TikToks together. He instead says, I adore your wife. I think she's a fantastic lady with a beautiful heart. I was like, who is he talking about? Are, are we talking about this woman right here? Are we talking about her? A fantastic lady with a beautiful heart? I'm sorry. I, I don't understand who you're talking about because it's definitely not this woman that we all know is definitely not this woman so then <sighs> continues billy continues to talk with angela and continues to call her angel and ask her why did you call with your husband beside you now, let me tell you something. No person that says there's nothing going on in their relationship is going to literally say, well, why did you call me with your husband behind, beside you, Angel? 
if that again is not suspect, I don't know what is. So Michael's feeling intimidated. He's feeling uncomfortable because he feels like Billy is handsome and he could possibly take away Angela, steal Angela from, from him, which again, Michael, no one's trying to steal Angela. Like, let's just get that out of your head. No one is trying to steal Angela. So he gets mad and says, you know, angel my ass. And Angela says, you know what? Even despite what Michael says, I will never leave Billy's side. And why? Because you've only brought me, you being Michael, have only brought me misery. But meanwhile, Billy has brought me smiles. So you can't stop me from helping Billy. You can't stop me from going to see Billy in Canada. And if you want to leave me because of it, then leave. Wow. We're here again, are we? She goes on to say that she doesn't like Michael or anyone, especially Michael, though, telling her what to do. She is not a submissive, but which is interesting because she thinks that she can tell and does tell Michael what to do on a regular basis. And not only tells him, verbally and physically assaults him to get what she wants, but she doesn't want to tell Michael, her husband, what to do. Michael, she doesn't want Michael to tell her what to do. It makes no sense to me. Yes, Charlotte, Angela is a hypocrite. So Michael is mad and perplexed, storms off because, you know, he feels that Angela's choosing Billy over their marriage. And I used to feel sorry for Michael, but I feel like he puts up with it and he has been putting up with it so long. And every time um, Angela abuses him, he makes an excuse and says how much he loves her. So here we are. So I want to feel bad for him, but I kind of can't feel bad for him. Uh, the 90-day tell-all is tomorrow, Diana, for the single life. The 90-day of single life tell-all is tomorrow. Last and certainly not least, Jovi and Yara and Myla and meeting her friend Karina. She's excited by she, I mean Yara's excited to see her friend after two and a half years, right? Because when they first parted ways, they thought that they were only going to be away from each other for a few months. Um, and then, you know, the pandemic ha happened and then Russia invaded Ukraine. So it's been two and a half years since they've seen each other. And she's just happy that Karina has made it out safe and out of the war zone. And so... What we found out, which was sad too, is that, you know, Karina had to leave her house in two days, her home in two days. A rocket went through her building, but now she's in um, Germany and she's safe and we're all happy for that as well. And they're happy to see each other, friends reuniting. And They're catching up and Yara keeps talking about staying longer to help her friends more and to help Karina and anyone else who needs her help stay with her mom, all the things. And that's the big issue, right? Because Jovi doesn't want Yara and Mila to stay without him. And Karina thinks that that's a bad idea. 
and thinks that Jovi's being selfish. And then the mom jumps in, but the mom's been a hater since day, like from jump. As soon as they got there, the mom's like, stay with me, stay with me. Let's buy an apartment together and I'll just be, I'll have a room on the side. And it could be me, you and Myla. And I was like, this woman really is trying to break up this, her daughter's marriage. And she continues to, to do it. Even in this episode, Olga tells her to stay and asks Jovi to, to please, please let her stay, let her stay, and then puts in the waterworks. And I'm just like, um, um, Olga, you know, they're a nuclear family. I get that you've had your issues in the past with your ex-husbands taking all your stuff and you really love your, your daughter and you want your daughter to stay and it's been too long and you haven't seen her and all this time, but I don't think this is the way you go about it. I don't think it's it's proper for you to literally tell your daughter to leave her husband on a regular basis just because you want to stay. If you if anything, that's selfish. Right? So then Karina's like, well, don't worry, Jovi. If you go home and you know you're off to work, you still have your friend Talmadge here. He lives in Germany. And you know, if we need anything, we can we can reach out to him. And Talmadge is like, uh, yeah, no, that's not my duty. I'm not the husband, I'm the friend. So y'all can't reach out to me. And I was like, see, this is why we haven't seen you in 10 years, Talmadge, because you're not a good friend. You're not a good friend. So the other thing that I thought was interesting is how the server was surprised because, you know, the ladies were ordering coffee or lattes and Jovi's like, can we get two beers? And she, the server was like for two beers for breakfast. So a beer and a coffee, a beer and a coffee. And Jovi and his friend are going in between the two of them for breakfast. And, you know, that's Jovi. That's Jovi. Um, do you think, do you believe she wants to help their friends or using it as an excuse to stay? I think that she wants to help, but I also think she wants to stay because her support system is there. Her mom's there to help and her friends are there and she knows it. So I think it's a little bit of both. Anyways, you guys, that was the show. Uh, happy Sunday. I'm excited to talk about the single life. I'm all caught up. I just want to let you guys know that I think Natalie makes great TV. Natalie makes great TV. Despite what you heard, despite the crazy, she makes great TV. Really great TV. And I want to say this as well, and I'm going to say it tomorrow as well. But sitting there and watching back to back, Tiffany, knowing Tiffany's going to go back to Ronald, was just like cringe to me because you could see how bit by bit by bit by bit she was making excuses on how she was going to get back with Ronald. All right. Thanks for being here, you guys. Appreciate it. Don't forget to like and subscribe. And uh, live chat, love you long time. See you guys soon.